Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I, sh I shouldn't have said that out loud. Is that like a jinx when you're a preacher? You don't say you're going to preach short because that usually means you're preaching twice as long. But not tonight. I said, give me 20 minutes on the clock. And I've already used four of them. So that's dangerous. Oh, don't get too excited. I'm not going to stop at 20 minutes. I just want to start praying in 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, I love worship. I love bringing worship. I'm thankful for our production and worship teams. Can we give them a big round of applause? Tonight I want to talk about acceptable worship. Acceptable worship. I want us to bring to the king worship that is worthy of who he is. There is acceptable worship and there is unacceptable worship. Did you know that? You can't just bring to God whatever the heck you want. you got to bring acceptable worship. What does that mean? What does that look like? Maybe you're like, is that even a thing? I didn't know there could be unacceptable. Now, God does receive worship from a joyful no noise type of category. So this isn't about acceptable as in your tone is acceptable. Because there would be a few people who need to walk out, okay? We're not going to name names, but they may be on the front row. <laughs> but it's joyful. I wasn't looking at you. Your wife keeps hitting you on the shoulder. Everyone, everyone apparently is acknowledging it, though, so that's, there's power and agreement. And, uh, you know, Genesis gets us kicked off with this idea right away because Cain and Abel both bring an offering to God, and God only accepts one of the offerings. And when you just read that initially, you're like, well, that's kind of harsh. Come on, they both, you know, gave it a shot. But that wasn't what God was in. He had an acceptable offering, and he required an acceptable offering. And when we're talking about worship, I'm going to use the word worship and offering simultaneously because the Bible does. It's all connected. Whenever they would bring worship to God, it was involving a gift of some kind usually. There was always a sacrifice involved. There was always an element of that involved that when you brought worship to God, there was a gift and it creates an aroma in heaven. Our gifts, our offerings that we bring to God create an aroma that God is either pleased with or he's not pleased with. Offerings. Somebody needs to cast a demon out of this, product, this sound system in Jesus' name. <laughs> Either that or the production team is just hungry and trying to get right to pie. Come on, somebody. What is it? Is it? Hey. hey but if you got pecan back there, I'll turn off the mic now and I will join you. Come on. Come on, you already know. If you're at Bressy, half my message on Sunday was talking about desserts. Am I embarrassed about that? A little, but it's okay. 
You know, the production team came back to me in a week, and they're like, hey, we're trying to edit your podcast. Do you actually preach in this thing? <laughs> yeah, you got to fast forward a little bit, but it gets good, okay? So calm down. Some people just don't understand the power of vanilla ice cream on warm pie. Now I'm preaching. Come on. Woo. Yes, Lord. You know, um, you know, as, as uh, we, were, we were driving here to church tonight, uh, my wife said, hey, you really nailed it on the new perfume you got me for my birthday, which is a big deal if you're a husband, okay? Because choosing a new scent that your wife has not previously owned is a dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game. But I was like, try to switch it up a little bit. Get something fresh. Get something fun. But I was, you know, smelling it, you know. And by the time I leave, you know, a perfume type of spot, you, you smell horrible. I mean, you got every scent on you. And especially as a dude, it's a little weird, you know. You're trying on your, the perfume you're going to buy for your wife to try to, you know, you try to spray it and you're like, you know. <laughs> but not trying to get on you too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so I know I'm picking this new perfume, and she loves it. She, I haven't worn anything else since she got the from. I was like, yes, this is amazing. But I thought about that because the Bible talks about how offerings create an aroma to heaven that pleases God or it doesn't. And, and there's going to be some sense that if I had got from my wife, she'd been, this is unacceptable. Go return it. <laughs> I'm going to get something different. I'm going to go back to what I had before. But she's like, oh, I like this, right? And it's the same thing with our worship to God. When we bring our worship, when we bring our offering, uh, I want God to accept it. I want him to be pleased with the worship that we bring him. And when we talk about, like I said, worship and offering, giving, they're all kind of connected. It's why we're intentional that after we encourage people in giving, in the tithes and offerings, we say, let's continue in worship. Why? Because giving is worship and singing is worship, right? Our life is worship. So it's not like money time and then worship gets going again. You know, bringing out of our gifts and our generosity is worship. It is an offering. So I want to lean into a couple things related to, uh, to worship in my 10 minutes left, um, which is, the first is, what is the cost of your offering, the cost of your worship. One of my favorite examples of this, and it just, it just stirs my heart, uh, King David is, is being required by God to bring an offering to put an end to a plague. And let me read a couple of the verses. Uh, let my Lord, he, he's wanting to buy land. God gives him a specific plot of land that he needs to build an altar on. So he goes to this guy and he wants to buy it from him. And, and this guy says to King David, let my Lord, the king, take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering. Here are threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Aruna, gives all this to the king. Uh, Aruna also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. But, this, but the king replied something different. So this guy's giving him a lot of money and resource and basically saying, hey, this thing that God has asked of you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover the bill for it is what 
he's saying to the king. But the king responds in verse 24, but the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying for it, paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Wow. So David bought the, fresh, the threshing floor, the oxen. He paid for it. He pays for it all, and he offers this offering to the Lord. And the Lord answered his prayer on behalf of the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. God accepted it. But David understood something. There's a cost to worship. There's a cost to your praise. There's a cost to the offering. I'm not just talking about the numerical dollar amount on like a, a, a vision builder's pledge that you have. I'm talking about the cost. There's got to be something of value. Don't give God something that costs you nothing. You know, when we worship, when we bring God worship in the good times, that's awesome. But I found that some of the most costly worship is when you're going through a storm. It's one thing to worship on the mountaintop. That's beautiful. But you know the costly worship when you're in the valley. The costly worship is when you don't see a way out of the situation, but you worship anyway. Come on, that's the kind of worship. That's the kind of worship that has cost. That's the kind of worship that has value. That's the kind of worship that rises to heaven and God's like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Worshiping in the valley, that's beautiful. That, that costs you something. That's going to require of you something that's beautiful. Let's, not, let's make a decision that I'm not going to go to God and give him something that doesn't cost me anything. In your serving, in your worship. If my whole approach to life in Christianity is just how can I do things that have the least impact and inconvenience to my life, ah, that's cheap worship. I don't want cheap perfume. Neither does my wife. Well, I don't do perfume, but anyways, uh, my wife don't want cheap perfume. God doesn't want cheap worship. <laughs> Man, I should have, I should have preached a nicer message on Thanksgiving Eve. <laughs> we'll get back to pie and ice cream later. Yeah. <laughs> So what's the cost of your worship? Here's another question. What is the condition of your worship? What's the condition? Interesting uh, that God requires a certain condition all throughout the Old Testament when people bring sacrifices and worship. Leviticus 22, 21, this is one of many where it describes this. When anyone brings from the herd or flocks a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow or as a freewill offering, it must be without defect or blemish to be acceptable. So we don't just bring God whatever. You got to bring him the best. You got to bring him something that is in good condition. What is the condition of our worship? What's the condition of our offering? Come on, sometimes we give God leftover praise. And we just expect God to be happy with whatever he gets. That's not how God operates with us. He loves us. But he don't want you to bring leftover praise. But if I'm honest, I've been there too. You're tired. You, you get in church. You start going through the motions. But I want to encourage you. Do your best. And when you come into the house of God and worship begins to happen, that you don't give God some type of leftover. 
some type of half-hearted, some type of arms-crossed kind of worship. And just go, God will just be happy I'm here. Well, that's, that's not worship. You think, that, you think that aroma lifts to heaven and God's like, oh, I love, ah, love it when they give me that fake worship. Love it when they put on that, that brute, cheaper cologne stuff. The Old Spice. Although I have great memories of Old Spice because my dad is Old Spice to me. Right? Worship. Uh, what's the condition of it? When, you, when you're coming to God, do you, do you remind yourself of who you're worshiping? Because I've found like just like in, in, in our worship time tonight as we're reflecting on who he is and what he is and this name that's above every name, I find that as I remind myself of who I'm worshiping, it helps to correct the condition of my worship. I don't want to be found bringing God some sort of lame leftover offering. Right? And anyone, you know, people try to sneak in an offering that, that was subpar to God. And they, they get in trouble for it. And God, God sees it. He sees it. And I want to just call us as a church and, and as followers of Christ to check our hearts. And God's gracious and he's kind. And he's not booting you out of the kingdom because you bring a half-hearted praise on a Wednesday or a Sunday one time. But I want to challenge you. So don't allow it to become a habit that you just keep bringing God some type of leftovers and you hope he's good with it. When you're coming to Thanksgiving meals tomorrow, maybe you're bringing a certain dish. Come on, how many know you need to bring the best? Right? You're trying to bring your best recipe. You're trying to bring something amazing. People can tell when you got the store-bought cookies. You know what I'm saying? Okay, bow your heads, close your eyes if you've ever done that. Lift up your hand. Come on. Let's get an altar call going here. <laughs> don't do it. I don't care what plate you put them on and try to fake that you made them yourself. We can all tell. Don't try to fake it. Don't try to fake the Thanksgiving meal that you bought, Okay. Come on, we want the real mashed potatoes, don't we? Woo! I want the real mashed potatoes tomorrow. Now the crowd's back. I'm talking about food again. We're back. We're back. <laughs> I want the real stuff. I want a little peel in that mashed potato. I want authentic. I want butter. I want garlic mash. Woo! Got a witness on that. I got that. Mmm. I, can you smell it already? Can you smell it? Mm. It's that aroma, right? You all, you all start imagining it. You all, you're already excited about it because it's the good stuff. Come on, I want to bring God the good stuff. If I try to dress it up and act like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's some sort of facade of worship. Because you and me can all look good and dress good and be up on the front and have our hands lifted and to everybody else around, we might be able to go, oh, wow, he's such a worshiper. But God sees if you're putting stale cookies on a plate and trying to act like it's worship. Come on, he wants your heart. He wants the authentic worship. He wants it to be real. Come on, he wants the real stuff. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to give God something that costs me nothing. I don't want to give God facades and fake stuff. There's even times in the Old Testament where God says, hey, listen, I'm tired of your offerings. It's like, wait a second, I thought you required these offerings. He's like, oh, man, your offerings, they're actually, they're actually, they're actually a stench to me. Why? Because they were doing the, the, the rituals, but their heart wasn't there. And at the end of the day, God wants a heart. You know, it's not about like, oh, do you clap really well? Because you know me, I'm an obsessive clapper. You know what I mean? Don't like, don't try to compare necessarily like, okay, I got to have the level of energy, Samuel. I don't know a lot of people do, and it's, it's not fake. I'm just, I'm crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to get my exercise in during messages to stand and clap a lot, you know. I'm about it. I'm about it. I love that. But I want you to bring the full, authentic version of your praise. Don't hold back your praise. Don't mitigate your worship. Don't, don't care about what other people say or think or look like. Come on, bring your full praise. Bring everything that you have. Give God the good stuff. Give God your first and your best. That's not just in tithe. That's in your heart. Man, I don't want to bring God stale worship. You know, this one time, oh, man, this, was, this is embarrassing. This one time, I'm in worship years ago, and I just started writing a book that I was like, oh, man. I started getting a little bit of accolades for people reading, like, the manuscript of it. And, and they started, oh, man, this, this book is good. Man, this is really, you know. And all of a sudden, I started going like, dude, like, this is going to put me on the map, this book. But I'm like in worship with my hands lifted, thinking about how great I am. Thinking about how I'm going to get known. Thinking about how I'm going to rise up out of obscurity. How this is going to be the big thing that gets me whatever. Oh, man. I mean, how sad is that? Bringing God that fake worship. And I remember... This is a different topic about insecurity, but I remember God said, hey, you're going to be just as insecure when the book is published as you are right now. I was like, oh, oh, okay, my bad, you're right. <laughs> I love it, the Holy Spirit just gives you a good backhand, you know, gets you back on track. <laughs> but we can, we can be in church putting on a facade of, of worship, but we're holding back our heart. They said, you know, they're with their lips, they praise, but their hearts are far from me. I don't want to be that. And we don't have to be that. Sometimes we, we hold back our praise because we think I've got to be a certain thing. I've got to act a certain way. Man, well, I've done some wrong things, so God doesn't really love me. No, no, perfect praise or acceptable praise is not because you're a perfect human. It's authentic praise that God's after. It's honest praise that God's after. It's leaning in and just saying, God, I love you. I want to know you. There's a time where Jesus is, is talking about two people went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee just saying, I'm so glad I'm not like this sinner over here, God. And he's just pontificating about how great he is. And the sinner is over here, the tax collector. God, I'm a sinner. And, and I'm not even worthy. And God says, who do you think left vindicated? The sinner, the, the tax collector, 
not the one who brought some type of fake, arrogant worship. For every single one of us, we have an opportunity every time we come into the house of God to not just come and bring a, a tithe or an, a physical offering, but to bring our hearts. And the Bible says where your treasure is, it's where your heart is. That's why it's all connected. It's all so connected, but I want to bring God an authentic praise. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close by reminding us of a story that Jesus tells. Well, not a story. It's, it's recorded in, in the Gospels. Jesus says that this person's worship will be told and retold about forever. Wherever the gospel's preached, this woman's worship is going to be acknowledged. It's one of the most powerful, like, moments you see in the Bible. Mark chapter 14. Well, he was in Bethany reclining at the tables in the home of Simon the leper, formerly leper. He got healed. <laughs> A woman came with an alabaster, alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. It's probably good. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Man, they didn't see the worship. They saw waste. They saw, Jesus saw worship. Extravagant. Sometimes people are like, man, why are you always at church? Why are you so passionate? Why are you always telling people? It's such a waste of your time and energy. It's not waste, it's worship. Because of what God's done to me. Because of what he's done for me. In their arrogance, in their facades, they said it could have been sold for more than a year's wages and money given to the poor. This this from Judas, the guy stealing from the money bag. But, And they rebuked her harshly. And verse 6, leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want. But you not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Imagine having worship so beautiful, so authentic, so extravagant that Jesus says, the rest of the world, for the rest of time, wherever the gospel, I mean, the, the most important message, <laughs> that 100% sure God is going to make sure this message gets to the whole world. He says, along with that message, her story is told. Worship, acceptable worship. Not perfect worship. This is a woman who had been caught in all kinds of sin, had been demon-possessed, had all kinds of drama in her life. Jesus sets her free, and she brings the most costly thing, breaks it open on Jesus. She begins to worship. She begins to bring an offering that's extravagant, an offering that's at another level. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here tonight. God, we come to you with praise. We come to you with worship. God, I pray that tonight 
you would see acceptable, authentic, honest worshipers coming to your presence, bringing you not leftover worship, but fresh, passionate, authentic praise because of how good you are and what you've done and what you've saved us from and what you've brought us to and how you've freed us. God, we worship you. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you our absolute best. We give our absolute best. You know, I wanted to kind of try to preach short here because I want to create a moment for anyone in the room who, you know, we can all have moments like this where we just feel like, you know, if I'm honest, maybe I haven't brought my best in worship to God. And I want to give us a moment here on Thanksgiving Eve to really come to God and say, Jesus, I love you. And even repenting from fake worship, facades, inauthentic, you know, leftover type of worship. Maybe maybe that's been just your mode because you're like, ah, whatever. You didn't realize God is not looking for leftovers. He wants the best. He wants it all. Or maybe you just want to take a few moments and just thank God for what he's done for your life. I just want to invite you right now. We're just going to worship for a few more moments. I'm going to pray and then we'll head out. But I just want to invite you. Come out of your seats. Come down here to the front. Let's just bring God our worship. Let's bring God an offering of praise tonight. Let's bring God an offering of thanks. It could be all of us, I'm sure, have something we want to bring and say thank you to Jesus for. And maybe for some of you, it's also coming forward to say, God, you know, I repent for areas where I've not brought you my best. I repent for areas where I've withheld my heart. I've, I've gone through the motions. And I want to bring you the best praise. I want to bring you an authentic worship, an acceptable worship to you. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, we bring our praise to you. We bring our worship to you. We bring everything that we are. God, we're not going to bring offerings that cost us nothing. We're not going to bring praise that's left over. We're not going to bring just kind of half-hearted, not acknowledging who you really are. God, we bring our best. We bring fresh, passionate, real, authentic worship. God, sorry. I know I've been there and I've walked through those moments as a believer, as I've followed you for so many years where I've gotten lukewarm, I've gotten half-hearted, I've reserved my praise. God, we repent of that. We said, God, you have it all. God, you have the, my whole heart. You've got every part of me, God. And we bring our worship to you. In Jesus' name. Come on, Sarah and team, just lead us for a few moments. Come on, let's sing. Oh, protect you never, never, never let me go. You said you wouldn't leave me and you won't. You were right by my side. Protector, you hide me in the shadow of your wing. Your presence is my peace, my covering. Protector, you never, never, 
Come on, church, lift up your voice. No weapon, Talk to no him. We'll prosper against me. been to you. Come on, can you tell him? Can you thank him? Come on, what has he been? What has he been? He's been close. Come on, tell him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, how has he saved you? Come on, what has he brought you through? Come on. Come on in those darkest moments when he didn't leave you. Come on, when he spoke to you. When he blessed you, when he prospered you. What has he been? You're all we need. Come on, he brought the wayward son or daughter home. Come on, what has he done?
God, we refuse to bring you worship that's lip service, but our hearts stay distant. God, we bring our heart to you tonight. We surrender all to you tonight. We come close to you tonight. God, we need your presence. We need you near. We need you in our world. God, we worship you. God, we give our allegiance to no one else. We give our worship to no one else. We have no Savior but you. We have no King but you. We have no friend like you, God. Come on. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Other different translations say wait, some say hope. But when we spend moments like this, maybe no one lays hands on you, maybe you don't get a specific prayer, but you come to the altar and you come to this place and you Allow the presence of God to meet you in this moment and you put your attention on Him. Strength is going to begin to rise in your heart. Hope begins to shift. What seemed overwhelming, God begins to break off. Why? Because our attention and our worship and our focus has shifted off of all the stuff of the world in back onto the giver of life the giver of hope, the source of all joy. Amen. 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 Can you just thank him one more time for his kindness, his goodness? You know, just everybody's head bowed and eyes closed for a second here before we, we wrap up tonight. I want to ask the question about your relationship with God. You see, because no peace, no salvation, no eternity comes apart from Jesus. We have a sin problem in humanity, and there's one solution, that's Jesus. If you're here tonight, and you've not yet received this free gift of salvation, that Jesus provides because of what he did on the cross. You're away from God. You know it. You feel disconnected. You don't feel your heart close. You know you're not in a right relationship with God. You're not, you know your eternity is not set. And you've maybe thought, well, I gotta be a good person. I gotta get cleaned up. I gotta figure stuff out. I gotta put some stuff in order. None of that is the solution that you need. There's only one solution, and it's putting your faith in Jesus. He saves. He heals. He redeems, right? So on the count of three, if you're here tonight, you know you're away from God, and you want to make tonight a night where you say, Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to, to bring me back in relationship with my Heavenly Father. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. Know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift up your hand around the room. Say, that's me. You need to... You need salvation in your life. Good. Anybody else who say that's me? Give it a couple more moments. Anybody else? Anybody else? 
You need to get your life right with God. Everyone say this with those who lifted their hands. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin and raising him from the dead to give me life. Tonight I choose to turn from my own ways and follow you with all my heart. Jesus, fill me up with your Holy Spirit and power. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give it up. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.